if you are leading a marketplace, an issue that you are going to run into is figuring out how you can calculate your profits when you're selling things online. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Our featured guest today is Elias Shivando, who is the founder and CEO of Progresando, uh, which is a, a marketplace that's based in Mexico that has now moved into the U.S. as uver.com. Um, and it is an awesome marketplace. You can go in there and, um, and check it out. But Elias has been involved in online marketplaces since 1996, right? He was, he was one of the first uh, directors at, at the largest automotive marketplace in the world, which is autotrader.com. So I'm excited to get into this topic and uh, having some conversations with Elias beforehand about calculating profits and selling online. Uh, I realized very quickly that I am in over my head in this conversation. And, uh, and so I'm excited for him to bring some of these things that he's, he's an expert at to it. So uh, Elias, what, first question for you just to start it off is, is why are you passionate about this topic? You know, uh, Brooks, thank you for having me here. And uh, it is it is a topic that I am passionate about. Uh, I have been in the business of uh, actually connecting people, one another, you know, people with the, with something to sell and people that has have the desire to something to buy since 1977, actually. But uh, let's not go there because, uh, you know, uh, my mom had a, a stationery store in Mexico City and we were the largest independent um uh, how do you say this uh place where people would go and place classified ads for the sunday paper back then so every tuesday we would have a line of uh three four hundred people waiting for us at six in the morning uh ready to place a classified ad in the newspaper and i have always been fascinated with the with the idea that uh, we can trade with each other and um yeah that's where we that's are that's awesome and so getting into the topic of, you know, calculating profits online, I know there's a lot of strong beliefs that people have in the marketplace community about like what profit, what they should be doing in this space. Um, and I, and I know for you that there's one major problem that you, you see a lot of marketplaces get into. And so I kind of, I kind of want to get into that. Um, what, what is the world of calculating profits online look like right now? It is a confusing word. Oh, I'm sorry, it's a confusing world. Um, you have very complicated systems, uh, mainly Amazon, Walmart.com, um, even Shopify, if you, you're selling online, where it is very hard for anyone to understand. Uh, it's funny that, uh, you know, on Monday, today's Thursday, so three days ago, I spoke to a one of our clients that uh, manages a pretty large um, online sales uh, a company and he used to be the controller of a fortune 500 company he's a cpa uh, licensed cpa in several states this guy knows numbers i mean he's a financial guru and he confessed that he cannot understand amazon's reports so it is very confusing. Uh, I think it's, a, it's on purpose. Amazon has um, has made this very confusing. But the the issue here that we have, Brooks, that is uh, kind of scary. It it seems like a uh, kind of a syndrome that people are having on online sales. There is a rush to sell. There is a rush to be the number one in the category. There is a rush to 
to conquer the search terms inside Amazon and inside Google um, uh, Google Shopping. But we're forgetting one thing that um, sometimes the products that we're selling on Amazon are not uh, they don't they don't generate any profit that the margin between what the product costs us and what we're selling it for does not justify using a third party mm -hmm. platform it, it is a, a sad reality again um, I don't know about you but uh, it's probably because I'm targeted and there are so many cookies on my computer but every day I see um, ads on Facebook on even on on any any website that I go to of guys that say I will show you how to make money how to sell yeah. uh, very cleverly they say how to sell on Amazon if you pay me this much money you can take my course and 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 you can go through my program I heard one on the radio here in Los Angeles very expensive radio time uh, it was a half an hour infomercial on radio that the guy said uh, I will guarantee you passive income the only thing you need to do is let us handle your um, your Amazon account, I can guarantee you that 99% of those guys don't know what they're doing. And they they try to be consultants. They try to tell other people how to sell. And, and I have to give the disclaimer, selling on Amazon is easy. Selling a lot of things on Amazon is quite easy. If you pay them, if you if you bid if you put higher bids on your on your uh, on your ads, you will sell. The question is, are you going to make money? And the answer is no. So that's where we are. It is a it is a very confusing world nowadays. So uh, let, let's get into using Amazon's FBA services. Then, um, what, what what do you think about marketplaces using Amazon's FBA services? Is that something that you would recommend? If you are a Chinese manufacturer and you don't have a presence in the U.S., yes, use FBA services. They. Amazon built the whole infrastructure of FBA fulfillment by Amazon for the Chinese manufacturers. It was a kind of a design thinking demand uh, uh, thing for Amazon. If you are a producer, manufacturer, distributor of any goods in the United States, there's absolutely no need on the logistical side to use FBA services. They're complicated. They, um, you basically get your inventory or your products stuck in a warehouse that you do not control for 30, 40, 90 days, 180 days. Um, it costs you money. There is an unnecessary step of you sending pallets, containers to the Amazon warehouse. Um, another unnecessary step for Amazon to reshelf those products into their shelves so their automatic systems and robots can pick up the products and then ship to the consumer. Anybody can ship anything in the United States from one person to the other. I can ship you my glasses today, Brooks, and you will have them tomorrow by nine in the, in the morning without the need of um, mm -hmm. <laughs> of an FBA service. But um, again, there's no need. However, <laughs> I have to be very clear. The investment that uh, Amazon made in building these warehouses, in buying airplanes, buying fleets of thousands and thousands of uh, Mercedes Sprinter vans and Ford vans and hiring and uh, creating all this franchise network of delivery companies needs to be justified, needs to be used. Um, it is too big. So what, what Amazon is doing, and of course they're not going to advertise this, is they are forcing people that sell on Amazon to use their FBA services to get better rankings 
to get a better handle of the A to Z guarantee claims that they have uh, with with the buying consumer. So, um, I mean, it is it is unbelievable how Amazon is forcing everyone to to use their FBA services to justify the expense. That's hmm. what I think. So, I mean, that's really interesting to understand. There's the motivation that Amazon had behind creating their FBA services, where that where that came from, right, and who it was intended to serve in the beginning can, can kind of shine a light on whether or not you should be using them um, with your marketplace. So uh, it, it, that's also just uh, Amazon Amazon's FBA services kind of creates some problems with with calculating your profits. Um, you mentioned like in in the beginning that their reports are very difficult to understand, even for people who are living and breathing the world of, of numbers and financial reports. Um, and again, it's understanding the motivations behind that can kind of show you why you should or should not be using Amazon's FBA services. So um, it, it, are there any other reasons that you would um, push someone to, to not follow that model? Um, well, let me tell you what I, I am probably speaking out of experience and, 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 and empirical and practical knowledge because I have been an Amazon seller for nine years. I know how this works. I, I, at, at one point I was the number one, uh, product in, in a category and I was selling three, 4,000 products a month. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, the absolute main reason why you should consider not using FBA products is because you want to know who the customer is. And the only way, one way of kind of having an idea who bought your product is by having you ship directly to the consumer. Um, once the consumer gets a box with the Amazon logo, right, with your products in there, that consumer knows and is going to be loyal to Amazon. And doesn't really know who you are. So the the database, you know, everybody says that data is king. In the past, cash was king. Now it's data is king. Well, if you sell through FBA services, it's very difficult for you to understand who bought your product, where they bought it, where they're located. You, you, certainly, you get the report and saying, you know, do you have three this many sales and this is the name of the customer who bought it. And perhaps you get kind of a zip code, but you don't get an email. You don't get a direct email. Very difficult to get the the phone number. So you don't know. What we do is we ship directly to the consumer once we get a, an order. We insert a coupon. We insert a logo. We insert instructions and a way for the consumer to contact us directly if they have a question about our product. If Amazon ships directly, they're going to insert their coupons. Um, they're going to insert, believe it or not, their catalogs. Now they're printing catalogs. <laughs> so... The ownership of the customer is very important. The internet allows you to do that, and you should keep your database. And I think that uh, a big part of what you're explaining is that you lose a lot of control over your own positioning, your own um, product, your own data uh, by giving, and you're giving it to Amazon to further bolster their data and their products. Um, and and another another big part of that that you've mentioned is returns. Right. You now are having to use Amazon's system, their guarantees, their contracts. And so uh, what, what, what would you say about returns? Um, is that part of why you don't want people using Amazon's FBA services? 
Well, the problem with Amazon, you sell through Amazon, you're stuck with returns and and Amazon uh, leniency and and actually acceptance of any, any return, whether you sold it directly to FBA or not. Um, a consumer gets a product, they have 30 days to report that they want to return it and another 30 days to ship the product back. Now, once you get the product back, eventually if you do, um, A, it could be damaged, it could be used, um, and and you have no control of that because Amazon, the minute the consumer says, I want to return this item, and they ship the item or they ship something back to you, the refund is issued. The money's taken out of you, seller, uh, of your seller account, and you're stuck with the return. Um, you may, uh, we had a case where, um, one of our clients at uber.com sells automotive parts. They sold a pair of, uh, actually a set of four shock absorbers, very expensive shock absorbers for a pickup truck. Uh, these are the, the very expensive, you know, $500 kind of a shock absorber each. They sold it through Amazon. Amazon shipped the, the shock absorbers. Customers said, "I these are the wrong ones, I'm returning them. Well, guess what, they did return, but they returned the the used ones, the old ones, the ones that they replaced. Um, <laughs> Amazon accepted the return. Two months later, the shock absorbers came back to to the seller, and they were the used ones. And now it's been six months, and my client is still trying to recuperate that money. Wow. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, looking over it, right? If you're um, trying to calculate your profits, if you're trying to figure out, um, are you actually making money on these sales? Amazon's FBA services can can be a death knell to, to you because they they don't give you the data in a way that's easy to analyze, and so you're often not making money even when you think that you are, um, and, and that just comes from why how Amazon created these these FBA services and selling products on on Amazon right using a middleman creates a lot of issues, especially when they're that that kind of behemoth, um, and so for most basic what I'm getting from you is for most marketplaces for most marketplace leaders this is not the route that they should be going in and so we we don't want to just say stop doing this don't go to amazon i want to build up what is the best alternative what should marketplace leaders be doing so that that's my next question for you what's the alternative for marketplaces and what advice would you give to to marketplace leaders Two things. First of all, if you have a margin of one to seven, I mean, we used to use this in retail and when the era of infomercials came out, you have to have a margin of one to seven. If you have a margin of one to seven, Amazon FBA could work, meaning you bought the product for $1 and you sell it for $7 on Amazon. That formula could work because you eventually may end up with a, a profit margin of one. Right. Once you account for returns, advertising, FBA services, and what have you. But if your margin is lower or smaller than one to seven, forget about FBA. That's not the route. For actually, forget about Amazon completely. You are not going to make money. You're going to be very frustrated, and you're going to lose your shirt. Um, alternatives. We are creating one. <laughs> it's called Uber.com in the United States. Is Y O V E R.com, and we are about two weeks out from launching. Uh, we're getting um, requests from professional sellers that want to uh, explore another option. Why? Because our our profit or commissions are very low. We have a seven percent flat fee. Amazon ranges from 
12 to 40 percent commissions just on the sale plus the membership fees plus the all all the other fees and you have to buy advertising with uber.com we don't have an advertising platform you're ranked based on sales and and based on quality we're very very uh restricted with uh, or restrictive with um with returns we just don't allow returns at free will uh we're very good at uh, preventing fraud and um and, and we're new and we're fresh. I mean, we're a conversion marketplace. We don't have 5 million products in one category. We have only few products on one category. We're limited to 1,000 sellers, 1,000 of the best of the best, the cream of the crop, as they say, um, uh, for for Uber to be included. That is, that is an alternative. Of course, the best alternative is always to have your own marketplace, to have your own website, to have your own system of selling and shipping. And if you, if you have a budget for advertising, spend it on Google, spend it on Facebook, spend it on getting traffic into your marketplace because you're gonna make the most money. You don't have to pay any commissions. Do not use Shopify. Shopify takes a commission and they control your data. They own the customers at the end of the day. So just, just create a WordPress uh, store or you know a simple store on your, on your own website and spend as much money as you can in marketing your brand. So if you if you really want to understand the data, if you really want control over your product, your advertising, they bring it bring it in house, right? That's so I, I think that that is a big step for a lot of companies, and that's why they default to going to something easier, um, like marketplaces that already exist, like Amazon. Um, and so how how can marketplace leaders help to bring all of their operations in house? so that they can they can sell their products on their own website they can be shipping products directly to their customers um, how can they bring it in-house what advice would you give them on that see the beauty of of the whole situation is that most sellers already have an infrastructure to ship from their warehouse or their factory to the amazon warehouse the only thing they need to do is learn and you know nowadays with systems and and applications for shipping and fedex dhl even the united states postal service uh, application is fantastic the only thing they need to do is parcel out the products and ship directly to the consumer instead of shipping pallets um that is the uh, the advice now um i i, I want to be clear um, and i've been practicing this philosophy for since i, I was without a trader do i recommend people to get out of amazon no stay there Stay on, on walmart.com because you need social validation. The behavioral patterns that we see online is that a person is looking for a product, they go to Google, they do a keyword, a keyword search, and they're gonna find your same product in different places. That's what you need. However, the trick that we're implementing now, if you're selling a product for, let's say the retail price is $10, and that's $10 you're gonna sell it on your website, Put it on Amazon at ten fifty or ten or eleven dollars. Put it a little higher to incentivize the consumer to go to your website and buy directly from you. Now you you have the lazy consumer, right? That they have Prime memberships and we're happy, and they just click and buy. Amazon made it very easy for the consumer. Amazon is a consumer website and it's fantastic for consumers. I buy through Amazon things that I cannot find in in my own marketplaces, right? Um, is not a seller platform. Uber.com, uh, Progresando.com in Mexico, we're seller-centric. The seller is a first-class citizen. Um, so start taking care of yourself. Start taking care of your, your own wallet. Uh, that's my, uh, my strong advice. Stay in every platform. You need social validation. You need to be seen everywhere, but price the things accordingly. I, 
I, I have several hobbies, so sometimes I buy things uh, uh, directly from the website, but it, it frustrates me that uh, websites, companies have their products priced higher on their websites than they have it on Amazon. Sometimes I communicate with these folks and say, hey, you know, I'm buying this holster for my new pistol that I bought. I'm going shooting uh, this week. You have it at $40 and Amazon has it at 25 What's up? It's the same. It's the same holster. You know, it is you that is selling it. And they tell me, oh, because we, we have to remain competitive on Amazon. Competitive, really, price is also um, relative. You know, price is not the main factor. When I see a holster in Amazon for $25 and I see one for 50, it may be the same one. By my price perception mentality, I think the $50 one is better. Uh, use that price uh, perception to your advantage. That's awesome. This has been really, really practical and good advice. And I, uh, I really appreciate you, you sharing all of this with, with marketplaces, marketplace leaders, people who are selling products. I think it's really helpful. Um, and, and just thinking through everything that we've talked about so far, um, and especially with, with calculating your profits, making sure that you have the, the right information that you need to know that you're turning a profit, um, however you're selling. What, what is the biggest takeaway that you want marketplace leaders to, to have from everything that we've talked about? Um, if you're selling on Amazon, watch your keyword prices. If you're buying, I mean, if you sell on Amazon, you have to. There's no other way. Your product will not show up if you don't pay advertising for your product. If you don't buy keywords to buy it, just watch the price of keywords. They are extremely expensive. I used to pay 75 cents. Uh, uh, one of my companies sells a bad breath pill. And for many years, we used to pay between 15 to 75 cents per click on the keyword bad breath inside Amazon. Well, Amazon got smart. They saw that we were doing really well. They imitated our product. And the last time I checked, the price for that keyword is $16. Not 16 cents, $16 per click in Amazon. So um, unfortunately, we discovered this uh, the wrong way. I mean, a week after uh, uh, one week, we got a we got a report that we owed Amazon money instead of making money for selling X number of uh, bottles of uh, of the tablets. We owed Amazon money because a lot of people clicked on the bad bread keyword. So watch your keywords, watch your advertising expense on Amazon. Buy advertising outside of Amazon, Google. Google, of course, is still the best uh, way of creating leads and sales. Um, Facebook, Instagram, or what have you, drive traffic to your own website. That would be my takeaway create your own brand, create your own store. Don't delegate sales to a yep. third party. That's good. And it takes people who know what they're doing, right? Administrators and, and e-commerce managers who, who understand what they're doing with Amazon, with Google. So th this has all been really great. And I, I appreciate you coming on. We're, we're definitely going to link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes here. And I'm just going to encourage all of our listeners to, to connect with you. I think uh, it would be really valuable to you to be connected with him and to see what, what's going on. Uh, similarly, there's going to be links in the show notes to Uber and to Progresando. And I, I encourage you to just check those out. And you can get inspiration from, from what they're doing. And it, it's got awesome stuff going on over there. Is there anything else that you wanted us to add in the show notes? Anything that you'd like to share here at the end, Elias? Um, just that, again, thank you very much for having me. It is it is a great opportunity. It is a historical opportunity. The internet is here. We have to take advantage of it. There is no need for, for middlemen. 
Um, you have to be in every platform you can. Again, social uh, shopping validation, it is fantastic. Hire the right people. Hire the right consultants. The first question you need to ask that consultant is show me your Amazon store. <laughs> if they tell you that they're experts at selling an Amazon, show me your Amazon store. Um, uh, probably seven out of 10 don't have an Amazon store, but they're consultants, right? It's like going to a mechanic and the mechanic doesn't know how to drive a car. So anyway, um, keep at it. It is here. Uh, is not going away. Internet sales are, are coming here. E-commerce 5.0 is coming. No middleman. And we're going to watch his history being written. It'll be interesting. I predict that Amazon will not be the size they are in the next five years. It, it, has, it has to collapse. They are collapsing now. Warehouses are empty. Nobody's, uh, a lot of people are moving out of FBA. So it'll be an interesting historical point to, yeah. to watch. That's really good. And if you're listening to this, we're really happy that you have joined us. We're really happy mostly that you're part of this community and that um, you not only are getting to sit here and, and listen to us have these kinds of conversations, um, but also we know that um, most of you are, are contributing as well. And I'm, I'm learning from so many of you who are listening to the podcast and interacting on social, leaving comments. Um, I really appreciate all of that. And I just encourage you, if this is something that was helpful to you, if you're enjoying these conversations, just to subscribe so you can keep up with it. And if you have questions or thoughts, we're, we're here to listen. You can get in touch with us on our website, on YouTube, you know, all, all of the normal places. And so we just, we want to continue to, to, to foster this community, to be putting good content out. And we're, we're grateful, Elias, for you uh, joining us and sharing what you've learned. And we're, we'll, we'll see you guys all in the next episode.